Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and we are fresh off of four in a row. I never would have imagined us saying that the way that we started this season, Brian, but here we are getting hot at the right time. Kind of reminds me of like baseball. It's all about Mm -hmm. who gets hot at the end of the season and makes a run towards a playoff and getting in. How impressed are you off the bat of this four-game winning streak? Well, I think you said it. I don't think anybody expected it, and I'll call you a liar if you did because the the teams they they beat, the way they've done it, it's been really impressive, man. It's been so much fun, and the fact that they're playing meaningful December football, that's all you can ask for as a fan, and uh, I'm ready for the rest of the ride, and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, it's been really impressive, this, this stretch they're on. Yeah, if you would have bet Washington to win those four games, I'm sure that parlay would have money, been money, 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 especially, you know, upsetting Tom Brady. Finally winning on Monday night against the Seahawks. And then just putting on performance at Las Vegas the way that we did against the Raiders, which we'll talk about a little bit. But that would have been such a pretty payout, especially if you use Bet Online, who's our sponsor for the show, because they have the best odds and update on everything stat-wise for the games going on. I use Bet Online for all my bets. I'm sure you see all the bets I'll be putting out on Twitter. Hit some good ones this weekend, especially for the Patriots and Bills game. Won me about three hundo, so I appreciate that. Mac Jones only have three passes. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place all of your sports betting needs, so go over and sign up today because even if I mean, a football season is over. You got basketball going. You've got hockey going on as well. UFC fights, boxing. It doesn't matter. They have you covered on everything. Just go to the new website or your mobile device and sign up today. Use the code Believe50, which is B L E A V five zero, to get a fifty percent bonus when you place your first deposit to get some extra spending money. Because I am sure there's a lot of people going to be betting on Washington as we play Dallas this weekend at home. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good matchup, and we're going to talk about that as well. But, Brian, like we said, Washington beats the Raiders 17-15. And one of the most unpredicted ways, I would say, mm-hmm. Brian Johnson has one kick the whole game that wasn't an extra point. Yep. And it's a 48-yard field goal for the win. Is that something out of, like, a movie? Or are you just like, wow, that, that was so unpredictable? That's not exactly how I saw this game ending. I couldn't believe that that's where they got to. And I was like, of course, they're on their fourth kicker and he's got a chance to to win them this game. And I did not expect that to go in. I was holding my breath and somehow it did, man. It was it was like you said, a script out of a movie. And they that, that was impressive. Uh, kudos to that guy to come in on a short week like that, uh, you know, with guys he probably just met. Jonathan Allen said he didn't even know his name. Um, and then he goes out there and kicks a game winner. I mean, it, it's pretty awesome. And so, uh, no, I didn't expect that to, to go in. I didn't expect to be in that situation, but of course this team was, and like they've been doing, of course they found a way to get it done. So again, impressive. And, uh, you know, let's see if Brian, what Brian Johnson has, he's, he's kicker one, at least for now. And so he, he's my kicker. Yeah. I, for me and people are like, well, he's the kicker. Like literally all I have to do is kick the ball. 
But when a kicker misses, what's the first thing they look at? All right, how was the snap? How was the hold? Mm-hmm. What did that whole thing look like? Like, what went wrong? Were the laces out like it's supposed to? Was it just a bad mishandling? Like, there's there is synchrony. Like, you have to be on the same page. You can't mm-hmm. just, like you said, he probably didn't even know half the guys. I guarantee you him and Cheeseman were probably hanging out all week long. Like, all right, let's just practice this, make sure we're on the same page. Every kicker has a different stance. He has a different, you know, you take a certain amount of steps Line back up. and you go over to mm-hmm. the side. Yeah, there's so much to it. Like, it's just muscle memorization, but every kicker is different. So it's it's big. It's not just kicking a ball. I mean, it's a 48-yard field goal. Like, that was impressive. If it was like a chip shot, like 25, something like that, you're like, all right, like, yeah, he better be making that. But it was a clutch kick, and I oh, thought yeah. we were going to, like, carry him off the field like he was Rooney or something. Like, I, he was the hero of the game. Another Virginia Tech kicker, by the way. Um, So, to me, I was like, boom, this guy's our kicker for the next three weeks probably. I'm cool with it as long as he does his job. But speaking of Virginia Tech, there was a guy back on the field that made an impact right away, Logan Thomas. Yep. Making these crazy catches. He did it last year against the Eagles in the back of the end zone, that one go-up-and-get-it kind of catch. Did it again. And we're like, man, this guy, it doesn't matter. You know, Ricky Seals Jones look good. You know, especially the Chiefs game had a nice touchdown. You know, Bates is coming on. But you cannot just duplicate that kind of red zone threat that Logan Thomas possesses. Like, it's like a basketball player just going up and getting that rebound when he needs to. Coming down with that touchdown, how beautiful was that? Uh, that was unreal. I think we had said pretty much all year that Heineke had been sailing some of his throws. That kind of seems to be a bad habit of his that he he kind of airballs some throws. But when you have a six, six guy like Logan Thomas right there to go up and get it, it was unreal. You're right. He, he looked like a, he looked like a power forward or something. Just throw it near the rim and I'll be there and I'll, I'll put it back. Uh, it, it was, it was crazy. I couldn't believe that he, he pulled that down. Cause I, I really, when it came out of Heineke's hands, I was like, Oh man, another one he sailed. I thought it was going out of the back of the end zone and he comes down with it. It was it reminded me of, of the Philadelphia game, uh, you know, before the playoffs last year. He just makes those catches that not a lot of guys can make. And so that just kind of adds to the news this week that he, he's going down for on the IR for the second time this season. And uh, that means the season is done. And you could see in the two games that he was back how big of an impact that he had on this offense. And that is going to be sorely missed. You said Ricky Seals Jones, John Bates, those guys have been fine, but it's going to, those, they're one and two now. So it's going to be how can they, you know, can they provide that kind of production? And, you know, the quick answer I would say is no, but you just got to see how they can, they can handle it. And it's a, it's a bummer to see that Logan Thomas uh, is going down, especially after the game that he had last weekend. Yeah, just that big physical body, being able to climb a ladder like that with that size and just go get it, that possession kind of tight end. Like I said, like he's not going to be like the Travis Kelsey where he can beat you deep or something like that, but he is so lethal in the red zone and short yardage and just when he's in the end zone, it doesn't matter if there's two people on him or if the pass is super high. He's going to come down with it. Um, mm-hmm. And Ricky Seals-Jones, he has a hip injury. He did not practice um, today on Wednesday. So it's kind of like it's up to Bates. And then after that, it's just like, uh, Samus Reyes. I yeah, mean, who we, else? We got, a, we got a lot of question marks back there. There's some other positions that have a lot more question marks that we're going to talk about, but it's just crazy to me of how I feel like Heineke is so much more comfortable because he knows he has that scapegoat. Like I hate to say it, but mm-hmm. he's like, look, you know, Terry was getting triple teamed in the end zone. Sometimes there was four guys near Terry in right. the end zone. Or third and five, third and six. You know if, you know, Clutch Humphreys, he does his thing yeah. on third downs, but 
just having that big guy across the middle, I can't stress that enough, especially with Scott Turner's offense. Like it affects his play calling. It affects a lot of different things. So not having that, we need John Bates to take that other step up. You know, first game was kind of rough for him, you know, making some drops and stuff like that. And then the last few weeks he's coming on. We knew he was yeah. a good blocker, but his hands have improved throughout the last couple of weeks. So Bates, we need him to make another step up. If he can be somewhat of a red zone threat to kind of fill that in. I don't, I'm not expecting him to be Logan yeah. Thomas. I'm not going to ask that of him, but being able to say like, Hey, if we're in the end zone, it's third and goal. I need a score on Dallas. Like I'm willing to do it. Yeah. And here, here's what I'll say about Scott Turner. And I want to give him props is we were questioning last week. What is he going to do without JD McKissick? You know, and I know that's one game and hopefully maybe McKissick is back, but I feel like Scott Turner has done a good job with a bunch of unknowns, you know, with Samuel being in and out of the lineup, he really does a good job of putting his guys in, in good situations. So I don't feel too nervous that the offense is going to take a big step back, but it's just that added boost, like you said, that Logan Thomas brings. I mean, he's a, he's a playmaker, and that's all he's done in his two seasons here. Um, so it'll, it'll be sorely missed, but I think – that I think that Scott Turner is going to draw it up to where, you know, you get Curtis Samuel featured a little bit more if he's out there. You're going to see Antonio Gibson in a couple of different ways. And and so I'm, I'm kind of excited. You know, I, I never want to lose Logan Thomas, but I'm kind of excited to see what Scott Turner does in response to this and in, in, in response to yet another obstacle that, that he's facing. Exactly. And like for me, it was just like, as soon as he scored, I'm like, gosh, we missed this part mm-hmm. of the offense with Logan Thomas. It's I can such only a imagine. tease. Yeah, it, it was so good. You're like, ah, it's back, and then it got taken away the mm-hmm. way that it did. So what was your thoughts on the hit with Yannick and Goku going low? Wasn't really even involved in the play. We see it a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't like was it dirty because he got hurt, or was it just flat out dirty because of you know him going low and not really being involved in the play? Like it wasn't necessary. We do see it a lot, though. I'm not gonna act like it was just like one of the like most outrageous, like you know, like Sue used to do back in the day, just like step on someone's right. throat poke you in the eye with like a knife in the huddle kind of move, but still it's, it's a football bang, bang play, but it just looked dirty because of where it happened on the play. And then how exactly it did like, it didn't seem necessary. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think more, you know, the more I watched it, I, of course, at, at first I was fired up and I thought it was dirty and I was calling for his head, but um, what watching it back, I think unnecessary is the word for it. I just think that like he didn't need to do it. And it's one of those things that if, you know, nothing would have happened, we would have watched it back and been like, why did he do that? Like that could have hurt somebody. It's just one of those times where it actually hurts somebody. And so it's tough and it's unnecessary. And I don't know if a punishment has been handed down, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think that I think that just it's it's it was a bad move. And, and I don't know how dirty it was. And I don't think he was trying to hurt Logan Thomas, but. I just don't think he needed to do that. And it it, it sucks because now, you know, Logan's out for the rest of the season and for, you know, the most important stretch of the season right after coming back. Uh, you know, it's just, there's just so many factors that made it worse. Um, but I don't know that it was exactly dirty. Um, I think, like you said, that unnecessary is a, is a great way. Uh, unfortunate is a way to, to put it as well. Yeah, I just I just it didn't really seem like it had any impact on the play. Yeah. Like it was just like he chose to do that for no reason. Like if he would have right. just stayed blocked with Logan Thomas, like it would just be like, all right, you know, next play, let's get to it kind of thing. And there was no impact whatsoever in the play. It's not like Gibson was running that way. It's not like he was trying to cut and, you know, mm-hmm. get to him or help him win out. It was just completely unnecessary. So I'm with you on that. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, 
We knew Waller was out. We knew that Derek Carr would be limited, but you know, you still have Josh Jacobs in that run game. You still have Hunter Renfro, who, you know, did what he does over a hundred yards right at 102 on us, nine catches. By the way, speaking of betting, his his reception props are always like five or six. Just bet over every over. single time on yeah. Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Because his route running is so crisp. I hate the guy. He went to Clemson. He got that pick <laughs> play to win the national championship in Alabama. I'll never let that down because it should have been a pick. But still, the way his receptions are always high, but his mm-hmm. run running is crisp. He has sure hands. I don't see him drop anything ever, but still our defense held its own, you know, only 15 points. Josh Jacobs only had 13 rushes for 52 yards. That's my boy. Love him. Him and Kenyon, both Kenyon's out for the season, you know, prayers up for him, but still holding that offense and not get that run game going, not help out Derek Carr. He never really seemed in sync and really all he had was run for the whole game, but no big plays were given up. So what was your assessment on that? Because I liked what I seen from McCole Holcomb. Like I mm-hmm. said, Renfro is going to get his own, but he led the team with 10 tackles and he seems like he's getting better in coverage. You know, he had some pass breakups, somewhere like that, but still outside of Renfro getting a hundred yards, I think our defense was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They, they, they played really well. And there were some ticky tack calls that they got called on that I think yeah. helped on, um, you know, their touchdown drive or one of their touchdown drives. And, and so, yeah, the defense was really, really impressive. And we were kind of wondering what it was going to look like without landing Collins. And again, they just didn't skip a beat. And you're right. They they limited the big plays. Uh, they made stops when they had to. Uh, Derek Carr was flipping the ball around, you know, in the backfield. And, and you're right, just was not comfortable. They had him uh, kind of seeing ghosts, it almost looked like. that They were disguising things really well. Um it's like it's almost like Jack Del Rio knew, knew who he was, like he knew him really well or something. That's weird how that worked out. So, uh, yeah, I thought the defense played really well, and again, it was it was led by uh, the two two Bama boys inside, Payne and Allen. They just wreaked havoc all game long. And the, the thing that I, I like most about them is that you you watch the game and you you know you see them. They flash, but they're not always going to be on the stat sheet. But then you go back and you watch it and you see just how much havoc they cause in the backfield how much they're forcing the quarterback to to get rid of it quickly and, and and like Derek Carr had to do you know before he was ready to and then the back end held up pretty well you know with Bobby McCain and DeShazer Everett out there for some meaningful plays I thought the the secondary played pretty well and uh, yeah it was just a really impressive defensive performance and uh, I think that's what it's going to take the rest of the way you know, they can't lean on, you know, Chase Young and, and now Montez Sweat, which we'll get to. You know, they can't lean on these these freak athletic pass rushers. They're kind of having to do it as a full unit, kind of like we talked about last week. You know, they're kind of having to come together, uh, figure out where their weaknesses are and, and really work towards filling those in. I think they're doing a great job of it. And, and you can't say enough about Jack Del Rio. You know, he was definitely criticized early in the season. But he he's turning something around. They're they're hitting their stride again when it matters most. And I like how you said like they're not the flashy ones. And the edge guys will always be flashy because they're mm-hmm. the ones getting the sacks. You know, making the noticeable strip sacks, stuff like that, causing turnovers. But I really do believe that our defense just revolves and centers around the middle of the line because Allen and Payne and even Ionitis balled out. Sunday, like I said, yeah. holding that run game the way it did, they pressured Derek Carr. I think he only got sacked what one time. Yeah, I think I Nitus got him. Yeah, yeah. So I I Nitus got him, but getting that pressure up the middle, he was just never comfortable. Like he said, he was frantic at times, kind of second guessing, having to get rid of the ball quick. You know, not making these beautiful passes. 
I really do believe that our momentum and just our strength in the defense is that middle of the line. Like I said, they're not going to be flashy. Sometimes Payne is. And sometimes, I mean, most of the time, Allen is just because of how mm-hmm. he handles guys and how he leads. Uh, he's one of the top uh, t- uh, defensive tackles in the NFL in sacks, which is incredibly hard to do, by the way, up in the middle like yeah. that. So Allen and Payne's going to get there. As Matt Ines, he's been strong for us as well. So I just, I love how they are just like that dirty trench warfare kind of interior defensive lineman style, which is going to be big for us this week with the Cowboys. The key is getting to Dak Prescott. So let's talk about Dallas because I feel like this is a momentum game for us, but Dallas has been going through so much with the injuries, with COVID, all this going on, and then just losing. They've gone two two, two and three the last five games. They only beat the Falcons, which they killed them, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then the beat up Saints, which is just really like a, I don't want to say a boring game, but it was just like a, that wasn't impressive at all. Like it's the Saints with Trevor Simeon, like and Taysom Hill, like there's not much going on there. Like they have not been impressive. The media's riding their back. Like finally, the media for so long is like this team's going to win the Super Bowl as soon as they win mm-hmm. a game. They beat the Falcons. Oh yeah, they're going to the Super Bowl. But now it's down to reality. Like this Dallas team is not as good as we thought it was. Maybe this defense only has, you know, some big playmakers, but outside of that, it's still that Dallas defense of last year. Yeah. They've got some injuries too. We'll talk about ours. But like I said, the big thing is Amari Cooper coming back and CD lamb coming back. And for me, everyone knows Amari Cooper is good, but he's not talked about enough for how good he is. Like you want to talk about an impact on offense, Mm -hmm. the Cowboys with or without Dak doesn't matter. But missing Cooper is such a different offense. It doesn't matter if you have Gallup. It doesn't matter if you have Zeke, Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb. If you do not have Amari Cooper, that offense is so much different. It just shows how good he is. And I don't think he's talked about enough. Like I said, he's respected. But he's kind of like, he reminds me of Terry McLaurin. Like he's not talked about enough for how good he is, which is crazy. It's Amari Cooper. I was going to say the same thing. I think that even when he's not making plays, he has all eyes on him, like, like Terry McLaurin. You, you know, he can have the loudest, the 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 most dominant three reception, 22-yard game because he takes eyes away from other guys. He opens up, in, you know, plenty of plays for um, other guys out there. I was going to I was going to mention Terry McLaurin, especially the, the Raiders game. I feel like so many eyes were on Terry McLaurin that allowed John Bates to be wide open and allowed Adam uh, Humphreys to be wide open. And that's exactly what. Amari Cooper brings it makes C.D. Lamb, who's already a fantastic receiver, that much better. It makes uh, you know their tight end Schultz even better. You know, it, it just makes it easier for Dak. And so, the same way, getting hot in December, it's also how injured are you? And it seems like the Cowboys are actually going in the opposite direction. Unfortunately, as Washington, that they're getting healthy at the right time, that they're getting their pieces back together. And and yes, you can definitely criticize their offense, um, but it kind of seems like they're getting their pieces together at the right time uh, and they're ready for this, this December stretch run. Um, so this game is huge. Um, and and I, I like Washington. I like what they've done, but man, it seems like this is probably the best uh, offense they're going to face this year. You know, even with Kansas city, even with Tampa Bay, they had their warts as well. Can the Cowboys figure it out this week? You got to think that they're extra motivated against Washington, a division game going to FedEx I'm excited for it, but man, I, I don't feel good. I feel like the injury bug is is biting in the wrong way and uh, helping out the the, the Cowboys because I think Gregory's coming back as well on the defense. You know, I think he's on just, IR now. 
Oh, is he? Okay, I thought he they was put coming him back. on IR. Yeah, they okay. they tried getting him back. They moved him to IR. Tony Pollard's questionable. He's banged yeah. up. But like I said, CeeDee Lamb and Mark Cooper coming back, that's huge fit offense. I didn't know Pollard was as hurt as he was until I looked at it. He's questionable. I think he'll play, but that's just another explosive guy. And I know our run defense has been phenomenal. You know, Zeke is kind of – he's Zeke. He's mm-hmm. that just run kind of guy. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. He, You know what you're getting out of Zeke. But Tony Pollard is, is that next-level speed – can catch ball in the back backfield home run kind of player so i feel like if he doesn't play that's huge for us but for uh, me, there's re- a- real Go quick ahead. i want to say randy gregory returned to practice that's what i saw i thought he was coming back so he's returning to practice so i don't know if he'll play but it looks like he's getting back for their their stretch run but sorry about that okay yeah so like you said it's the healthiest team near the end of the season that's what yeah. i said before the season started huge. You got dallas philly dallas philly new york Whoever's got the most guys stuff like left standing at the end of the season to be able to compete or going for it. Like you said, the Giants been banged up all season long. They're pretty much out of it. And I think I saw maybe Jake Jake Fromm might start for the Giants on Sunday. (laughs) Jake Fromm State Farm. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that one if we have to play him at the end of the season. Um, But they're just the the injury bug is in the NFC East. Mm -hmm. And like you could say, oh, Washington's down. You know, obviously Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Landon Collins now, you know, Logan Thomas is out. Offensive line's been banged up. Everybody's dealing with it, though. And Ron said it today. I'm not going to use it as an excuse. Every team in the NFL has injuries right now. If you look at actual, like, injury reports, I was looking at the injury report today on ESPN, and it, like, as soon as you hit the injury report for the game, it gives you every single team in the NFL. To get to Washington, I was like, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I was like, good gosh, there was red all over the place. Yeah, It's like that SpongeBob meme where, like, everyone's in the hospital just, like, wrapped up. But, like, every team has it. You can't use it as an excuse. It's no, next man right. up. But there's a lot of matchups in this game that worry me. And I'm not going to lie to you. The our, our linebacker depth right now, we know Jamin Davis, he's in concussion protocol, found that out today. That's a big blow. Yeah. Especially well. if Landon Collins isn't playing. Because he's, you know, been filling that linebacker spot. Jamin Davis got more snaps because Landon Collins was out. But let's stay on Jamin Davis for a second. He had a couple good plays against the Raiders. My favorite one was that halfback screen. I think it was to Jacobs. Um, you know, he kind of avoided the three linemen, got to the running back right away so he couldn't make a big play. Beautiful. Now, there was also some plays where he missed some tackles. Very mm-hmm. noticeable. It's happened a little bit this season. He's a rookie. I get it. And I asked this on Twitter. I got a lot of different opinions. And I think they're all good, a lot of good assessments. I said, what is your assessment of Jamin Davis so far now that we're in, you know, week 13? And I got a lot of responses. So I want to ask you, what's your overall assessment? How are you feeling? Because we talked about it early. We knew the struggles. And we said, look, we're going we're gonna to give him some more time, give him the rest of the season. But we're, we're hitting that important stretch right now. So I think this is a good time to really assess the rookie and get out how you feel about Jamin Davis so far. I think quite, you know, basically he looks like a rookie. And I, and I, I think that there are so many ups and downs. I, I, I feel like I would have expected more from him being a first round pick. If this is what he looked like as a second, third round pick, I would have been like, all right, we got a pretty solid starter. He's going to go through some bumps, but next year he's going to flourish. But there feels like there's this added pressure with him being a first round pick oh, to where I, I, I expect a little bit more. I feel like we should be seeing him flash a little bit more. I feel like 52 should be around the ball a little bit faster. And we see it time and, you know, every now and then, and, 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 you know, he makes a big play, he comes flying out of nowhere, 
But there are times when he just feels like he's playing slow. And I'm like, you know, I thought this guy's MO was speed and being fast and quick to the ball. And it just seems like he's very hesitant. And and I know he's still young and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But as a first round pick, I just feel like I I would have seen a little bit more. Like I would have seen a forced fumble or two, a big fumble recovery, maybe a pick somewhere along the way. And maybe that's coming. But, you know, five games left. I mean, this is your rookie season. And it just kind of feels like you're a middle of the pack kind of rookie. And maybe that's okay, but you know, it just kind of leaves me wanting more is, is the end of the, the end of the the line for me. Yeah. For me, like, I just remember like when the, like when the pick happened, I'm like, all right, we need a linebacker. I know he's good. He only had one real season at Kentucky, like Mm -hmm. as a starting linebacker. So I was like, all right, he's probably gonna need some time. He's going to be a project, but I've seen what he can do. And it just hasn't translated well. But I think the one word that you used was, you know, kind of hesitant, more of like, you know, conservative. He doesn't want to be out of position where he's letting a big play happen. He'd rather, you know, give up three, four yards and kind of get there late rather than, you know, over pursuing something and then the big play happens behind him. Like if you watch the uh, Patriots Bills game, that home run uh, run by uh, Damian Harris, every single linebacker and defensive lineman ran right past like over overreacted. And he was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to cut right and just go right through this giant hole that y'all opened up for me. So as a linebacker, it's important to, you know, be in position, be patient, but also I feel like he needs to do more of that read and react. You know, Mm -hmm. if, if his gut and his eyes say, this is where the play is going, let me get in position. Let me go there. Instead of being like, well, it might, let me just wait till the running back gets it. Yep. Okay. He got it. Now let me, get the ball. Like I want him to be more instinctive, be like, this is what I see on tape. This is what we talked about this week. This is the tendency that this offense has the last six weeks, you know, 90% chance it's going to happen. Let me get there. And there's a chance that you can make the big play yourself. Now, is there a chance you can give up a big play possibly, but that's why you have other teammates to help you out if something, you know, happens, but think like, what if he calls a fumble? Like, what if you get to the line and, you know, uh, lost where it, it stops the drive, something like that. So risk reward. I get it. I just want more of that killer mentality, that natural instinct. Yeah. Just a, a dog flying around. Doesn't know what he's going to do when he gets there, but he he's going to get there. <laughs> he knows uh, he has a job somewhere. Yeah. I saw some criticism that he missed some tackles and I'm kind of with you. I'm like, well, at least he was there. He slowed him down a little bit and allowed a couple other guys to, to rally to the ball. I don't, I don't mind the missed tackles. I think that's going to happen. I think tackling in the NFL is way different than even in the SEC. So, uh, you know, I don't even mind that. I'm with you. Just go, go attack, go, go, you know, all out. And, and, and you know, if you give up a big play, okay. But you're also going to make some turnovers here and there. And uh, I would love to see that. So hopefully that's coming the rest of the way. But uh, it just feels like, you know, he's kind of hitting a little bump in the road and, Hopefully you can get back out there. You know, I, I think that playing is the, is the answer there and getting more reps, but uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy the rest of the way. I think the biggest, the biggest test is going to be next season. Like how does he look, you know, full off season, mm-hmm. like just in the books, just watching the tapes, sitting with Ron, sitting with Del Rio, like seeing exactly how he needs to be playing on the field, getting that confidence. Like if you know, like, hey, this the play is going here. I'm absolutely going to go make a big play instead of just, like I said, kind of waiting, waiting to see what happens, being like, I don't know, just not full on confident in what's going to happen. I think that comes in time, and he's absolutely raw prospect. Was it the right pick at 19? You can say yes. You can say no. You can say we picked, you know, 
position need over best player available? Was he the best player available at 19? I feel comfortable saying absolutely not. Like I think, yeah. you know, but then, you know, if we got a safety that ended up better than him or a wide receiver, like was that the need that we needed at the time? Probably not, but still right. like, I feel good about it. I'm not writing the guy off. Has yeah. he made some bad plays? Yes. Has he made some good plays? Absolutely. Um, you know, it hasn't been like interceptions or like forced fumbles or anything like that yet, but I've seen enough to be like, Hey, he's definitely got the tools. He's got the mechanics. He's got the athletics, like athleticism that he needs to play linebacker in the NFL. But just give him some more time. I'm, I'm not going to write him off yet. Did he have a bad game? I've heard both opinions, but I, I yeah. think, I don't think it was terrible. I, I saw enough in that one play, like I said, that halfback screen where he was in there, just dropped that the way he needed to. Cause if not, Jacobs is gone. Mm-hmm. He had a three lineman ready to block a lane for him. So him just avoiding that and getting there like the, like how he needed to was big for me. Now, my concern is if he doesn't play this weekend, if Landon Collins is out too, who the heck is playing linebacker? It's uh, Cole Holcomb, you and me, I think, are, is yep. the depth chart right now. I'll be the mic, you be the will. <laughs> it, it's not pretty. Yeah. Well. We have currently three linebackers on IR. Jared Norris, you know, doesn't play. John Bostic, obviously, has been out for the season. And then Khalid Hudson is also on IR now, too. So he's hurt. Jamin Davis is hurt. And then Landon Collins are, quote-unquote, Not linebacker. linebacker, safety, not linebacker, safety. Who's not, not happy about it, safety. but he plays it every week. It's hurt, too. It's like, if he doesn't play, it's probably going to be David Mayo starting a linebacker with uh, Cole Holcomb, which I don't feel good about, especially no. with Dalton Schultz. He's been kind of quiet last few weeks. I think mm-hmm. he did have a touchdown on Thanksgiving against the Raiders, though. But he's a big playability kind of guy, too. Like you said, Amari Cooper's going to be down there. He's going to get attention. C.D. Lamb, who I want to talk about more being in the slot, which could absolutely kill us this weekend. And then Michael Gallup, who is going to be one of the top free agents this offseason because he is ridiculous with his hands. Unreal. I remember him. He went to Colorado State, by the way. Not a lot of people know that. He balled on Alabama like three, four years ago. I remember watching that game. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? He had like 150 yards on us and like two touchdowns. This is like our national championship team. I was like, there is no way this this bum should be balling like this. And Lord and behold, Michael Gallup is a stud. He's ridiculous. Love his game. Love his hands. Like, don't count him out at all. They have playmakers all over the place. But how much of a you know red flag alert are you waving right now? If we don't have any real linebackers outside of Cole Holcomb playing this weekend, you, you got to think that Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore are going to try to expose those linebackers, whoever it is. I mean, no offense to Cole Holcomb, but they're probably going to, you know, find a way. Yeah, the, he, he's not a, a Superman out there. I mean, he played really well against the Raiders, and I think he, he will continue to play well. But, yeah, that's that's a tough situation to be in. It's kind of similar to what Scott Turner's facing. Jack Del Rio's in the same boat. What are you going to do? You know, you're, you're without your top two pass rushers. You're without – you know, some of your, your linebackers and now your pseudo non-linebacker safety, non-linebacker, how are you going to figure it out? And so uh, this is going to be a tough chess match. It, it just, that's kind of why I, I don't feel really great about this game. I think the Cowboys offense is going to kind of have their way from time to time. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that the defense pieces it together, like they've been able to do starting with Tom Brady uh, and, and, you know, every step of the way, I didn't think this defense was going to live up to it. And they did. So, you know, I'm hoping that they surprise me, but this, this, this injury bug is hitting both sides of the ball. And it looks like the, the defense is, is really in, in bad shape. And it, it, it scares me. Uh, it scares me with CD lamb coming to town, who I think is, 
the next stud receiver, if not, uh, you know, already. So it, it's, it's going to be tough for this team. And, um, uh, you know, good luck to them because I, I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to cover all those guys. Yeah, and I like I want to be a rah rah like we're gonna win forty eight nothing like beat them like absolutely hate the Cowboys obviously yeah but, like these are like legit concerns and matchups that like do not be surprised this is what happened Sunday so C D Lamas thrived in the slot this season um, he played most of his snaps in the slot against the Saints he had seven catches for eighty nine yards Lord and behold Washington is bottom five in the league in yards and explosive plays allowed two slot receivers this season. And this is just some of them, not to name all of them. Cole Beasley had 11 catches for 98 yards. Yeah. Keenan Allen, first game of season, nine catches, 100 yards. Uh, Sterling Shepard, which could have been more if you would have caught that yep. one long ball, <laughs> nine catches for 94 yards. And Hunter Renfro, fresh off of Sunday, nine catches, 102 yards in the slot. It is a big concern. And that's, like you said, if your linebackers are out, it's even more of a concern. So, you know, you have to wonder, St. Juice has been out. We kind of talk about how the nickel defenses look like when you have that slot receiver, like who's covering them. Danny Johnson's been in. Kendall Fuller's been rotating, stuff like that. You kind of have to wonder, like, do you miss St. Juice right now when you have a guy like C.D. Lamb? I would have loved to see St. Juice go mm -hmm. up against C.D. Lamb this weekend. So, C.D. Lamb being in the slot, don't be surprised. Kellen Moore knows that. Kellen Moore absolutely knows that our right. – secondary struggles against slot receivers and he knows that cd lamb has been phenomenal in the slot for them this season so don't be surprised if, if cd lamb's busting long ones like i love a cd lamb touchdown bet this weekend because i like him more than i like amari cooper coming back you know from injuries from covid stuff like that going on this week i think it might take a little bit for mark cooper to get going but i think cd lamb is the most dangerous weapon on the offense for dallas this sunday so my game plan as del rio this weekend is do not let C.D. Lamb beat you deep because don't mm -hmm. be surprised. He's going to fake. He's going to do some stuff in the middle, and then it's just going to be like a vert just straight up the middle of the field because that's what he does. Yeah, He's going to beat you deep. So that's what I'm really looking for this weekend. Where does Gallup line up? Where does C.D. Uh, CD Lamb line up? Is it going to be in the slot? Because they know they're coming for it. Yep, and and I think it, it in one way it, it could be a good thing, not a good thing, but you know, what Washington has done over this last month is held on to the football and time of possession and long drives and all of that. Absolutely. I think that'll be absolutely crucial on Sunday. You got to keep the ball out of Dak's hands. You got to limit their possessions. Uh, you know, you got to take every second you can off of the clock because we know the Cowboys have the ability to strike deep. We know they've maybe been up and down, but like you said, Cooper's coming back. CeeDee Lamb has been ridiculous. They have the ability to do it, so you just got to limit it. And ho So hopefully Heineke and the offense can help out that defense, knowing that they're a little banged up and they're, they're short a couple of guys. Can you hold on to some 9-10 play drives? Which the offense, you know, you know, they scored at the beginning of the game. They scored at the end of the game. In the middle there, it got kind of ugly against the Raiders, and that's kind of been an issue. They've been inconsistent, not able to sustain drives in the middle of the game. So that'll be huge that the offense can help out the defense a little bit. But you're absolutely right. I, it makes me feel a little queasy thinking about the, this, the Cowboys coming into FedEx. And, again, I hope I'm wrong, but I just, uh, you know, as a fantasy football player, I'm definitely looking at the Cowboys as, as some guys to, to start and to uh, – you know, you got to feel good about what they're going to do on Sunday. But I hope I'm wrong, obviously. And this yeah. defense has proved me wrong so many times this season. And I know Jonathan Allen, if he plays, which, you know, his groin's a little, 
iffy and, and all that, like we talked about, but they're, they're gonna, they're gonna make some noise and, and hopefully they can, they can confuse Dak and, and get him unsettled like they did Carr. but uh, I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. I will say this. Dallas is not going to run the ball on us, especially if Tony mm. Pollard is out. Zeke has not been good running the ball against us. And I will say, if you go back and watch, you know, our, our run defense has been phenomenal this season. But when we are, you know, ran on, it's on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's Daniel Jones with that long run to the left side on the edge. It's getting that that edge, being able to not, you know, set that edge as a, you know, Monta Sweat running past him, Chase Young running past him, linebackers not being able to get there. It's getting around the outside. Zeke doesn't do that. He no. he's just a north south guy. He'll just find the hole in the middle and just pray it works. And he's not going to be flies. able to do that against us. Now this is where Dak can be. Dak Prescott gets to the outside. Josh Allen did it against us. Like I said, Daniel Jones did it against us. He's going to want to be able to do that. So for me, it's creating that edge. Whether it's Two Hill, whoever it is on the outside, Shaka Tony. I would love to see more Shaka Tony this mm-hmm. weekend. That speed, athleticism. He can absolutely chase down. Dak Prescott. I think Jason Smith, uh, Smith Williams too. He ran like a four four two, uh, forty at NC State. So like we have speed on the outside. Yep. You have to be able to stop Dak and let Jonathan Allen, Gron Payne, and Matt Ioannidis just collapse the pocket in front of Dak, to where he's just collapsing every single play. Yep. So I think that's the big thing. If you get to Dak, he's not going to be able to get to Mark Cooper. He's not going to be able to wait for CD Lamb to get deep to beat us. He's mm-hmm. going to have to get rid of it fast. That's where I think. Uh, Dalton Schultz can get those five, six, seven yard passes in the middle with, you know, the linebackers down and having just Cole Holcomb there. So I think our defense definitely has some strengths that the Cowboys are not looking forward to. Now on the other side, Cowboys defense creates a lot of opportunities. And yeah. Say what you want about Trayvon Diggs. I love Trayvon because he went to Alabama. I've met him a couple of times. Just a good dude. Aiden is hilarious. I love yes. their videos, but I'm not yes. going to talk good about him. Right. He gives up a lot of big plays. He gives up a lot of yards, but he creates turnovers. So for me, it's like, is it worth it? I can give up a 50-yard you know, pass. It's, it's that bend, don't break mentality that we've talked about with our defense. But he's going to get these interceptions. He leads the league with nine interceptions, which is insane, and two touchdowns. The guy is a touchdown scoring machine. I remember watching, I was at the Alabama-Tennessee game, goal line dive with a Tennessee running back goes over and he pops it out in the end zone, catches it and runs it all the way back for a touchdown. Like the dude just knows how to find the end zone. So he has that ability. Now, if you're Taylor Heineke, you have to know about that. You have to watch these passes at sale. You you talked about it. There's some that go high. Logan Thomas isn't there to bail you out. Terry McLaurin can. And we've seen what Terry did on Trayvon Diggs last season. And it didn't go too well for Trayvon. Is this a new Trayvon, or do you expect the, the same kind of thing with Terry McLaurin just rocking the baby in the end zone on him? Yeah, I think changing the number seven has been huge for Diggs, man. Somehow, I mean, that, it it's been it. the, <laughs> it, it, it's been the big change. But yeah, you got to hope that Terry can take advantage of it again, and you know he has uh, the advantage right now. But you know, you know, Diggs is, he's got to remember that. You know that there are these battles within the battles of, of the game, so. Uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see. And I think that Heineke sometimes can get baited into a bad throw. And that seems to be how Diggs kind of feast. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure how they attack him. And, and if they let Tor- uh, Terry go against him, uh, you know, or try to, you know, scheme him away, whatever it may look like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to watch that. And how many times, you know, does Diggs line up directly on Terry? That'll be kind of the, 
the matchup within this game. And so I, I hope Terry beats him uh, deep again, but I think this is definitely a different player. Um, you know, nine interceptions is nine interceptions. You know, you can give up big plays and all that, but at the end of the day, we're going to remember the nine interceptions. Getting the football back for your team is so crucial. Uh, you know, turnovers in basketball, you know, happen every other play, but in football, they, they, they change the momentum of the game and those are momentum changers. So he's at, he's so dangerous and you got to look out for him. Um, but I still like 17. I think that he's going to be uh, motivated. He's had a couple of quiet games. Uh, so you got to think that he wants to bounce back and, and go have a big one. So uh, we'll see, it'll, it'll be fun to watch, but, but Diggs is definitely, you know, whereas last year I was like, Ooh, that was, that's a tough pick this year. He's, He's making a name for himself, and he, he's putting himself on the map. Uh, like, just watching some of the plays, um, it seems like when big plays are given up, the Cowboys' safeties aren't good. Like, the, the safety help usually isn't there for Trayvon, which is, like, which is tough because, like, as a corner, you want to, you know, risk it. You want to go after the interception, but if you miss it, it's a home run. Like, they're mm-hmm. scoring. And the thing is, you know, Terry McLaurin leads the league in contested catches. I feel like the matchup really favors Terry for that reason. With Trayvon Diggs, he's going to press you at the line. He's going to get physical with you, and he's really good at just cutting off routes. Terry doesn't let that happen. Terry is one of the most physical wide receivers in the league, hence why he leads in contested catches. He's going to cut you off. He's going to go up and get these. And I don't see Taylor Haneke throwing these, you know, number passes where it's just going to hit Terry in the catch. He knows Terry's going to go up and go get it. Now Trayvon can absolutely do that too. But most of the catches this season, it's like out routes, it's, you know, cutbacks and stuff like that, where he's just running the route for the wide receiver. He used to play wide receiver. He knows yeah. he knows what he's doing. He transitioned to a DB at Alabama. So, for me, I love what Trayvon Diggs has done all season. As an Alabama fan, not because he plays for the Cowboys, obviously. Right. Hate right, that right, for right, him. Right, right. I want to rip that jersey off him so <laughs> fast. But the things he's been doing all season long, he's not going to be able to do that on Terry. Yeah, Terry is not going to let him. He's going to bully him on the playground. Trayvon's going to go for an interception, and I guarantee you Terry's going to snatch it out of his hands, look back at him, point at him, be like, sit down, and he's going to stroll in the end zone and rock the baby again like Russell Love Westbrook. It. I'm, I'm ready in. for it. I think Terry McLaurin over 100 yards and a touchdown will happen this weekend. Love I'm it. I'm calling it. FedEx is going to in- explode. I can't wait for it. But something you have to watch for, and I think you have to talk about this guy before we close things out, and that's Micah Parsons. Yeah, a guy you want to talk about a first a first round linebacker, Michael Parsons is it. And like we knew he was special. People were calling him, you know, the next LeVar Arrington with playing at Penn State. I know Lake Lewis loves that he's balling out as a big Penn State guy. But the things that he's been doing are just remarkable. He is easily the rookie defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Easily. His name's in there for one of the defensive players of the year, period. Just the way he's been balling out. 72 tackles, 10 sacks, 16 tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles this season. Just the speed, athleticism that guy has, and ability to get to the quarterback. Like, he just has a natural gift of getting to the quarterback and making big plays. The last few games, you know, against the Raiders, Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. was only sacked once against the Raiders. Not bad at all. But against the Bucks and a good pass rush, a good linebacker, they have to, they have two really good linebackers in Tampa Bay. He was sacked five times. Yeah, their their visions of Devin White and Levante David still flying around, and that's kind of what Parsons Michael Parsons is like the same way. Yeah. You got to know where eleven is at all times. And 
I hate to give the Cowboys credit on anything. And I hate, hate, hate how they nailed this. And he is, he's so good. He's ridiculous. And uh, I think he's going to be a thorn in the NFC East, uh, other, the other NFC East team's sides for a, a long time. Uh, he just is all over the place. It seems like he could be a stud pass rusher if he wanted to be. He could just be a, a stud, you know, stand-up linebacker if he wanted to be. It's kind of just like, you know, just let him go out there and wreak havoc. And it goes back to, to you know, Jamin Davis. That's kind of what you want to see. And, and, you know, when he's only picked a few picks later, you expect to see something similar like that. And maybe we'll get there, but Parsons just seems to be on a different level than, uh, you know, a lot of rookies. And, and as you mentioned, he, he's he's up there with, uh, a lot of the defend other defenders that have been in the league for four, five, six years. So he's scary. And, um, you know, the way that Heineke gets out of, uh, you know, pressure is impressive, but I, I don't know that you're getting away from a guy like Micah Parsons with how fast he is on top of how strong he is. You just got to have a plan for him and know where he is at all times and, and try to neutralize him the best you can. Yeah. The thing for me that we really, they're going to miss Sunday if, you know, J.D. McKissick doesn't play, is that blitz pickup. You mm-hmm. have to, have to, have to be able to do that this weekend. Antonio Gibson, it doesn't matter who's back there. I hope it ain't window small with good guy. Yeah, I do not want to see him try to pick up yeah. Michael Parsons on a blitz or Jarrett Patterson. Sorry, guys. But Antonio Gibson, the running the ball is going to be huge. And the Cowboys allow 111 rushing yards per game. Their run defense is not good. So I feel like, like you said, long drives, Antonio gets running the, the ball, but that blitz pickup is going to be as important as running the ball if you're Antonio Gibson. You have to know where Michael Parsons is at all time. You can say the same with Lawrence on the other side on the D line. It doesn't matter if it's me. Number one is Michael Parsons. Yeah. After that, if you pick him up, number two, which side of the field is Trayvon Diggs on, and who am I throwing the ball to? Yep. If it's not Terry McLaurin, and then Trayvon Diggs is over there on him. Look somewhere else. Maybe check you down to Humphreys, pick up three, four yards, live another down. It doesn't matter. But I feel good about Washington. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Washington wins this one in a really close wow. one. I, I think it's going to be a 27-24 <laughs> Washington win. I think we run the ball like we want to. I think we limit CeeDee Lamb. I think he'll lead the Cowboys in yards and catches. I think Amar Cooper – you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers coming back from COVID, and Aaron Rodgers is ungodly with, with the football. Right. It took him a little bit. He was a little sluggish that, that first game back. You know, you're recovering from COVID. Like, it's not like, yeah. you know, it's like a hurt finger or something. Your whole body is hurting. Like, you're struggling. You're exhausted. So, I think it's going to take a little bit for Amari Cooper to come back. Our defense has been playing lights out. But I think we run the ball well. I think we limit the turnovers. And I think Terry does what he has to do against Trayvon Diggs, and we win this one. What do you think? I love your confidence. I just I still go back to the injury bug. I think that they're just a little too beat up, and I think unfortunately Dallas comes in, and uh, I don't think they blow it out. I think it's going to be a close game either way. Um, but I just think that Dallas, uh, you know, kind of makes one big play, one or two big plays more than than Washington does. Unfortunately, I like what Washington does, and I think that's the formula. I just don't know if they'll be able to do it this week with with so many key pieces missing. Um, but I like their chances down the stretch. I really think Washington's set up, as you said, to run the football and to 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 play December football. That's what you got to do in December. And so I, I like their chances down the stretch. But Dallas also, we mentioned, coming off a, a long week. They've had a long rest playing last Thursday, which is unfortunate. So um, I just think that all that factors in. 
and Washington gets a little weared down, unfortunately. But obviously, I hope I'm wrong, and they, they send the Cowgirls home uh, crying. I'm not mad at it. I, I could absolutely see it going either way. And I think the thing to watch the rest of the week is absolutely Jonathan Allen's groin injury, which is not getting talked about, which is kind of concerning to me because maybe yeah. it's a little hush-hush for a reason. Um, and then same, Cleek Hudson's out. I think he's been playing much better, especially on special teams. You don't talk about that enough. You're missing a big guy on special teams. And then Jamin Davis with the concussion. If Landon Collins doesn't play, if J.D. McKissick doesn't play, but Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is the biggest missing piece. Having that, to me, he's the number two option outside of Tier McCorn on the offense. So missing your number two weapon on offense cannot be discredited enough. That's a huge loss, especially if you have opportunities in the red zone. You got to feed it to him. So yeah. I'm excited for this one. I'm watching every single play. Terry McLaurin on Trayvon Diggs because Let's that's going to be must-see TV. I think they edged out. Brian thinks that I the like Cowboys it. slip one away because it's the right time. Regardless, we'll play them in two weeks again at Dallas. This is the final five games of the season, all NFC's games. This determines how the season plays out right here as we go out. Right. Yeah. Five games left. Do we make the playoffs? I think so. Yeah, I really do. I think a, a three and two is enough. The NFC is is pretty weak. Uh, you know, you beat the Falcons who are, are behind you. I know you lost to the Saints who are right there too, but uh, I, I like their chances. And I think that um, if they can beat a weak uh, Philly and a weak New York, at least a couple, three times they uh, between those two teams, I think that they can do it. Yeah, San Francisco's been losing. Vikings have been losing. Saints mm-hmm. suck, like you said. That wild card spot's wide open. Let alone, we have a chance to win the NFC East. Yeah. We're going in with a one-game advantage, beating the Giants over a, a retry kick. That's that right. Was, that might have saved our season. Like, thinking about it, that Thursday night might have saved our season. The Chargers kicker might have saved our season way back when. <laughs> shout, shout out to Hopkins <laughs> on the other side of the continent. But guys, like we said, appreciate y'all tuning in. Looking forward to this game. I am Let's hyped to see this game. It would be ecstatic. Five in a row, especially against Dallas. It is beat Dallas all week long. Keep an eye on those injuries to see how we look on Sunday. But I'm Josh Taylor with Brian Murphy. And we will see y'all after the game to talk about this win. Right, Brian? That's right. Let's go. Awesome. See y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.